All right, Wrestling With Theology fans, this is Pastor Doug Minton here to dig deeper into the book of Revelation. And this week, as we go from chapter one to chapter two, I wanted to take this time this week to talk about the seven churches and the letters that are brought out to them. We have talked about each one of the cities individually, but I want to give a few of the comments that are made for this section. Why chapters two and three are here. So we turn first to Dr. Lewis Brighton with a couple of his quotations from the commentary that he wrote on Revelation. First from page 57. Each of the seven letters has a similar literary pattern. First, the addressee or recipient is mentioned to the angel of the church in whichever city, followed by a descriptive phrase that identifies Christ as the author and sender. Each letter then continues with an acknowledgement of the particular historical circumstances of the church addressed and of the work that the church is doing for Christ. The sender then also mentions and describes a danger or dangers that the particular church faces because of the sin of its members and some flaw or weakness in their Christian faith and character. The author of the letter then urges the recipient to repent lest the sender take away the recipient's place with him. This is followed by a promised blessing to the one who repents, trusts, and conquers. Each letter concludes with an urgent appeal to whomever has an ear to listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. That plural, churches, implies that these are open letters since their author intends all hearers or readers to listen to all seven of the letters. He goes on on page 62. The seven sins and failings mentioned in the letters are also addressed to all churches and all Christians. Though the sins are specific to particular churches, all churches and all Christians are tempted by and may easily fall prey to any or all of these attitudes and behaviors. The sins or failings seem to suggest a pattern or sequence. That is, each sin, when encountered in temptation and then in commission, leads to the following temptation or sin. So Dr. Brighton has the idea that along with many other interpreters, each of the sins get to be increasingly worse. Each of the congregations is in a more and more dire situation. And we'll see that over the next couple of months as we go through each of the seven letters. But now as we turn to the Reform or Reformation Heritage Bible Commentary, they lay out the way dispensationalists see these seven letters because they do not see them as being seven churches in these seven cities. They interpret them as the church throughout the age of history. And again, like with the historical credit or historical continual interpretation of Revelation, this also has some variation and some changing along the time. But this is typically the way it is seen. Dispensationalists think John here describes the age of the church until the time of the rapture. One common way to express this scheme is as follows. The letter to the church of Ephesus. The church at Ephesus is said to represent the church in the apostolic age to about the year 100. This was a time of testing false apostles and also a time when many lost their first love. Letter to Smyrna. The church at Smyrna is said to represent the church under persecution from 100 to the Edict of Toleration in 313, when the Roman Empire made it legal for a person to be a Christian. Jesus calls these future Christians to not be afraid, but rather stand in faith. The letter to Pergamum. 
The church as Pergamum represents the church during the rise of the papacy from 313 to 500. This is thought to be a time of false doctrine and carnality represented to the, these future Christians as the teaching of Balaam. The letter to Thyatira. The church at Thyatira represents the church during the time of idolatry from 500 to 1500. During these centuries, papal abuse increased and the worship of Mary spread. This view claims that John prophesies about these future sins by connecting them to the teaching of Jezebel, who seduces the people of God to sexual immorality and idolatry. Let that thing sink in for a minute. The worship of Mary, the veneration of Mary in the Roman Catholic Church, especially in the medieval times, they're saying that Jesus is likening to Jezebel in the Old Testament. Interesting. All right, the letter to Sardis. The church at Sardis represents the church during the Reformation period, from about 1500 to 1800. This was a time when a few were alive in the faith, but many had only a reputation of being alive. They were said to be Christian, but they had no faith. Moreover, the work of God's people is said to be incomplete, perhaps due to a lack of significant missionary activity. The letter to Philadelphia. The church at Philadelphia represents the church from 1800 to the rapture. This is a time of resurgent missionary movement, which is thought to be lacking in Sardis, which if you look in the 19th century, that was a great time for a lot of the mission societies to start and a lot of the worldwide mission to be going on. But now if Philadelphia is the church from the time of 1800 to the rapture, what about Laodicea? Because Laodicea is the last church that receives the letter. Well, the church at Laodicea also is said to represent the church until the time of the rapture. But whereas some Christians are energetically evangelizing for Christ, Philadelphia, others have become infected by lukewarm liberal Protestant theology. Now, I'm sure many of the dispensationalists who would look out at the world today and absolutely see that to be the case, because Many of the churches who at one time had been strong confessional churches who had grounded themselves in the scriptures are now very liberal in their thinking, going after the social gospel instead of the true gospel. But again, that was also going on back in any of the other times as well. You had those people who were more interested in what Christianity could do for them or making a Christian utopia than following after the words of Christ and following after the admonitions here in the book of Revelation. Well, that's it for this week. Very quick, I just wanted to bring in uh, some of the views of these seven letters before we get into each of the letters because I wanted to bring that, especially that timeline of the dispensationalist right out in the forefront so that we could see that. So we could also see this when it pops up in mentions in each of the letters. So until next week, this is Pastor Doug Minton thanking you for being here, for digging deeper into Revelation with me, asking you to continue to focus on the digging deepers, the confessional corners. If you are a wrestling fan, Tune in to Pro Wrestling America on Wednesdays. Great stuff going on there as well. But until next time, I pray that this look at the seven churches, the letters there, may bring you some strength, some equipment to wrestle with the theologies around you this week. Amen.